Hello, Facebook. Hello, Internet. Mike and Andy here um, from the disappointing Worldvox headquarters, according to some. They were expecting uh, Studio X uh, from ESPN or something a little more dignified, but instead we've got Andy. <laughs> here I am. And we've got some boxes for <laughs> Vox stuff we got to mail out. And so you're getting a different view of the Vox World headquarters. Welcome. Um, we are recording this on a Thursday just after we record the uh, the pod regular podcast that goes out on Monday. And uh, we're getting so many great questions. We thought we'd take a few and archive them here on the Vox uh, Facebook page. Uh, please feel free to share them or, or comment. Um, we read everything because we're lonely and um, it, it'll be glorious. So Andy, uh, what's the first one we got? Uh, the first one we got is, I'm curious, what do you say to a parent whose son committed suicide? And this has Ugh. produced real sorrow and anxiety, um, whether their child will go to heaven or not. Oh, my goodness. The, well, the first thing you say is, I'm, I can't even imagine the pain you're going through. I mean, that, that is awful. I'm so, so very sorry. Um, I just hearing an echo of me in my earphones right now. That's funny. Do I sound that bad? Do I sound that nasally? No. Ugh, I have a horrible voice for this. Bless you guys for listening. Um, so yeah, the first thing I'd say to parents, I, I can't even imagine the pain you're going through. I don't know the answers. I do know that this idea that suicide automatically sends you to hell is nowhere in the Bible that I read. Um, and, uh, and that it's somehow a mortal sin um, no, if, if, if you are in Christ, um, every sin that could be possibly committed, even the last one right before you die, uh, th those are all forgiven. And, um, and so I don't, I don't see an exception clause that says, well, um, the, the amount of pain and suffering someone must be in to do that. Um, I can only imagine that Jesus weeps, um, when he sees this, that there's a great weeping. And, um, and, and, and as we say all the time, you know, the, the, the rules we want to make so black and white um, aren't so black and white when you actually read the scriptures about what judgment is and how it happens and what salvation is and when it happens. And so I would just encourage that, that mom by saying, listen, if God is like um, what Jesus was like, then, um, then we're in good hands. Yeah. And that somebody who chose to end their life in that way, um, and who was somebody that, you know, uh, knew about Christ or had given their life to Christ or however you want to say it, of course, they'll be with him. If they'd not, if they had not done that, then I would get back into the conversations we've had on the podcast before about what about those who've never heard or what about those who've never received? Are there chances after death? And, and a lot of those, I don't know. Uh, I just know that Jesus is beautiful and that if, the, if there's any chance a heart will open themselves up to God, God will, re, will find them. He will redeem yeah. them. He will rescue them. Yeah. And, that, um, and that, you know, it, as Paul says, if this, so, if this was somebody that, that you know, knew Jesus in some way, I mean, Paul says neither life nor death can separate us from the love of God. And mm -hmm. so I have no biblical basis to say that suicide is somehow condemns us. Do I think it's right? No, I don't think it's right. But I think, uh, I, I think that um, it, it's not the, uh, it's not the sin that that maybe some of us have made it into in terms of man. That's the thing that sends you to hell. Just in virtue of committing it, I don't want to yeah. ever encourage it. No way. God can redeem. And if I were talking to this this kid, I would be begging this kid not to do this. 
Uh, because if that if 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 all that needed to happen is you accept Jesus and then you commit suicide and you're straight to heaven, well, why wouldn't you do it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's serious, you know. But no, there's actually work to be done. There's a point to this life, and so um, I, I would be begging this this uh, this young person to to hold on and to find help and to um, you know to open themselves up to the possibility it'll get better. But because that's not happened, to to render a, a verdict backwards, I just think the only thing we can trust in this is the character of God revealed in Christ. And and if that's the only thing we can trust, then I think we have confidence that God will do right by this. Okay. All right, number two. Dang. Hope hope number two is easier. Yeah. Does Dang. God speak to us? Yes. If so, how do we discern His voice? He sounds like a black woman, or evidently. Morgan Freeman, or Morgan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's such a good question. So, so man, we could spend hours on this. Um, uh, here's the biggest thing. Oh, our, our landscapers are, are outside of our window. So it's raw. It's live, Facebook. A couple of thoughts. Number one, yes, God does speak. Um, and, um, and, and, and it's because, so people will say sometimes, like, the only way that God speaks is through the Bible. But the very Bible that that we're supposedly quoting in those uh, conversations is the same Bible that says that God reveals stuff in dreams and he speaks to p- folks that have the gift of prophecy and He there's a still small voice and the Holy Spirit lives in us and grieves and all those sorts of things. So I think that a great biblical case can be made that, yeah, God, God does speak to us. Now, that doesn't replace... Uh, common sense. It doesn't replace human wisdom. Um, if it's if it's of of uh, wisdom from above, as opposed to wisdom from below, I think it doesn't replace common sense. It doesn't replace um, uh, a plain reading of the scriptures. Uh, but I do think there are times when God absolutely um, speaks to us, guides us, leads us, impresses stuff upon us, lays something on our heart. We have all this language for it. But here's the thing. The, the bigger issue for me is how do you know when it's God and not the pizza you ate yesterday, not you, <laughs> not our, you know, not the resistance, our enemy? How do you know? My answer to that is always this. You, you have to immerse yourself in the voice of Jesus in the written the scriptures in the written scriptures so that you know what Jesus sounds like if he speaks to you outside of them so the one of the reasons why you read Jesus over and over and over Matthew Mark Luke and John Matthew Mark Luke and John Matthew Mark Luke and John is uh, so that you begin to recognize his voice the kinds of things he says the kinds of ways he says them um and uh, so that so that you when he speaks again um, you'll actually recognize that it was him. So it's like my mom. My mom, if I were to try to describe her voice to you, I couldn't, I couldn't use words that would give you an accurate um, description because you've never heard her voice. You actually have to hear her voice in order to know what it sounds like. So the only way we authoritatively hear his voice is through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Therefore, immerse yourself there and you'll begin to recognize his voice when he's speaking outside of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Until then, you know, it's, it's wish fulfillment, it's fear, it's the enemy, it's all kinds of things. Or it's the pizza you ate last night that didn't sit well. <laughs> so so the uh, one book I'd recommend... On on sort of guidance um, and hearing God's voices by Dallas Willard. I think it's called Hearing God Today. It's a thick, as all of his books are, it's a thick read, but there's some really great stuff. The other thing is, I'm not sure I buy that God has a, a, a specific will for everything. So I think there are lots of things that God, because we're image bearers, um, leaves up to our wisdom. So there is a great emphasis in the scriptures of learning to be wise 
And sometimes we punt to God's voice when we we don't want to make the wrong decision or uh, we don't want to do the hard work of wisdom. So we just say, God, write it on the wall. That way I don't have to actually trust you. <laughs> and there are times yeah. when God will not speak precisely because um, he wants us to trust him with the outcome. And um, if, if we get it on the wall... Then, uh, then we don't have to trust. Yeah. So, so God's God's speaking is a very nuanced kind of thing, but those are some initial thoughts. Great. You're great. Okay. Number three. This is a bit of a different direction here. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Um, I have always heard masturbation is wrong because it causes <laughs> a person to lust, and so I was always scared to do it. I always thought lust caused masturbation, but okay. Okay. Good point. I recently discovered the benefits of it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I literally do not think of sex at all. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. And I literally do not think of sex at all. So oh, it says, um, why is it wrong to want to feel pleasure? Holy cow. Okay. First of all, um, boy. That's a wonderful question that is a lot different than uh, what we normally get. So Facebook Live, here we go. And we do not know if this is a boy or a girl. Yeah. So. Which, I, which, you know, I, I'm thinking a girl. Just because okay. of the I don't think of sex at all line, hmm. um, but but maybe that's stereotypical. Sure. So uh, first of all, God is the author of pleasure, and of course, there is nothing wrong with wanting to feel pleasure. Oh my goodness, who invented neurons? Who invented neuro neurotransmitters? Who invented penises and vaginas? I mean, my goodness, like this is all God's realm of all the ways, and we've said this before of all the ways God could choose to have us procreate. My goodness, He made it so stinking fun. And um, so, no, pleasure is not wrong, or, or wanting to feel pleasure is not wrong. Now, masturbation, interesting question, because I'm convinced there are people who take it too seriously, and, and there are people who don't take it seriously enough. Hmm. So, so, I mean, I just remember in college, I mean, not that, you know, I had friends, I had friends who struggled with this, um, and, and there was this sense that the, that was the biggest thing we were all wrestling with was, you know, masturbating. And, and I, I was committed to trying to stay a virgin until I was married. And I had puberty at, I don't know, 11 or 12, and I got married at 29. So uh, to say, you know, that was a bit of an issue <laughs> would be an understatement. And, and I remember someone just saying, you know what, Mike, there are bigger things. God has bigger things to do in the universe and in your life than whether or not this happened today. Like, don't make that the singular issue and focus of the entire walk with Jesus that's going on right now. And I was like, oh, that was a, that was a really good word. Um, like when I talked to my, when I talked to Big Nate about this, which is going to happen soon, you know, I, I want to frame it as, hey, this is something that God, uh, you know, that potentially could be a gift for people who are single, for people who are in marriages that, um, uh, where intimacy is impossible or where intimacy cannot happen. But there are all kind of traps, like anything. There are massive, there are massive amounts of traps. So there are other people who've just kind of given themselves to this and don't ever question it. And and we want to say, well, no. Um, I mean, Jesus was pretty clear about lust and, and the fact that, and we've talked about how lust can take over. Um, lust just doesn't stay the same. We talked about when we talked about pornography, the danger of lust. So I, I, I'm, which is far different than normal sexual desire. Um, th there also is the idea that you can begin to train your body to not um, to to not respect the body of another. In, in terms of, I've had friends that, um, and this is true; these have been friends um, who've who've had uh, premature issues because you know they they the the way they were sexualized was just to achieve orgasm as soon as possible and to not. 
wait or to not honor the other person. Um, and so, so that's, you know, so it can be addictive. It can, it can numb, it can take the place of things you should be feeling. It can take an act that is meant to unite two people and just make it about you. So, Mm. so there are all kinds of red flags about, about how we understand it. But at the same time, I also want to open up the possibility that, you know, if, if, if my son is choosing between, um, you know, uh, acting out and, uh, you know, uh, just getting involved with porn or that kind of release. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I want to open up the possibility that in God's economy, there are just bigger, bigger issues. Can masturbation take over? Yes. Can lust take over? Of course. Oh my goodness. But I don't know if the answer is always to abstain and, and, and it's like alcohol. I don't think the answer to abuse is um is is total abstention i think it's it's right use and so um do i think masturbation can be an outlet uh absolutely do i think that it should be still um talked about in church and uh talked about with very safe people um and and could it dominate of course it could and and i'm not saying that that um even in the cases where it's a release and that it's okay that it still can't have that negative power of course it can it's just that i think it's more nuanced that it's it's not i don't think it's always wrong um nor do i think it's always right i think there's a middle ground there that has a lot to do with why we're doing it what we're doing it for what we're doing it to um and what mm. it does to us um, in terms of, you know, is it, is it a numbing out? Is it just a, a boredom? Is it a, so, so I think it's a bit nuanced and people will disagree with me from both sides and that's just fine. I just don't think there's a, a clear yes or no for always. Yeah. But what is clear from the scriptures is that, that the sexual pleasure release orgasm, I mean, all that stuff is meant to be a gift to human persons and not a curse because of the way we understand sexuality and we get married so late and so on and so on and so on. It's become a curse, but it was never intended to be that. Yeah. Okay. We got to move on. Okay. That was great. <clears throat> um, I hear a lot about how Eve was the first sinner yet. <laughs> yet the Bible states over and over that it was Adam. Yep. My belief is that because Adam was right there and watched his wife be deceived and did nothing, that his passiveness and lack of concern in protecting her from deception was the first sin. I think this shows us our responsibility in warning others when we see them being deceived. What are your thoughts? Okay. Okay, a couple of, a couple of thoughts. Number one, uh, yes, I'm familiar, very familiar with that interpretation of the whole account. And, and part of the reason why Adam is considered to be the, the, you know, it's Adam's sin versus Eve's is because this was patriarchy, baby. The man was responsible for the whole household and the man's name responsible for everyone under his authority. Mm-hmm. So, so even if Eve sinned, um, it would be put on Adam because of the way authority and responsibility and, and hierarchy worked in those days. So I don't know that it's necessarily true that Adam's sin was the first sin if he was there passively, because it, it does say, yes, he was there with her. And some argue, and, and I disagree with this, but some argue Adam was the only one that received the teaching that the tree should not have been eaten. And, um, and so mm. there's, there's some, there's some interpretive jumps, I think, that I don't know that I necessarily agree with to say to try to justify Adam's sin was first, and that's why it's Adam's sin. I think that in uh, biblical, the biblical 
you know, parlance and in the understanding of the day, there was something just called uh, headship, which was uh, the, 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 the oldest male was the head of the family, the, you know, the, the oldest living male, I should say, the, um, you know, the, the most prestigious clan uh, was the head of the tribe. I mean, that kind of thing. And, and so Adam was, would be considered Eve's head uh, in, in a way. And so the sin, no matter what she did. So the ordering of the sin isn't as important to me as the, the follow-up question, which is, okay, so he was passive and, and deceived. Therefore, I must be um, active and letting people know when they're deceived. Mm. Now, now here's all sorts of interesting, you know, questions I have about that. Yes, I would say, well, sure. If if someone's being deceived and um, and uh, and 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 because of that, there's harm. Of course, we would have a responsibility to to help bring truth. But but this also could be read, and I'm not saying the questioner is saying this, but I'm saying what if, if I just read it on paper, it could sound very easily like here's an excuse to just sit in judgment of people and yeah, to announce right, right. when they're screwing up. Yeah, that's my concern with and that. So that's, so, so that's how I'm kind of going to take it. Because yes, we've talked about how in some contexts, absolutely, man, families and small like units of believers when you're in the inside of each other's lives, yes. Where where am I being deceived and, and all of that? I mean, it's huge. But this can also be easily used to justify a really non-loving, non-gracious you know, warning. Well, we've always got to warn people because they're deceived. And so, yep, you believe in evolution, you're deceived and you believe in, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and so my question is always, well, if, if those people are deceived, how are we sure that you're not deceived too, um, mm. in the way that you're doing this? And so, so I find that unless this kind of discernment is done in a community, I don't trust it. So I wouldn't just trust some lone appointed, like discerner mm. of, who's deceived and who's not. I would trust a community that has really wrestled through all the ways that, that I'm deceived as Mike, right? So, so Jesus talks about this all the time. Do not consider the sin in your brother to be more significant than the sin in you, right? Yours is a plank, theirs is a speck. So only after I've dealt with my self-deception do I then feel and go humbly to the permission to now say, hey, I've really wrestled with this. I want to open up the possibility that you're not seeing this the right way. But that is a whole different conversation than, well, Adam was passive. I'm going to be active. And yes, it is true that in our culture, uh, we are very, very concerned to not step on toes. And that can breed a passivity even in the church that isn't, isn't biblical either. Right. Our, my point is that kind of discernment should be done in very specific ways and in very specific groups at specific times. And then it's helpful. Even if it's disagreed with, then it's helpful. And if it's not done in those ways, and if it's not done in those groups, and if it's not done in those times, very rarely is it helpful. Because I have people critique me all the time. They critique my theology. They critique my presentation. Those things I've just learned to let slide. The things that I really listen to are from the people on the inside of my life who say, and I just had a guy yesterday, you know, um, uh, call me out on some things I was telling myself. And he's like, man, those things just aren't freaking true. And, um, and it really exposed this kind of vein of mistrust of God and others. And, and it was like, okay, this was really good. But I wouldn't have received that on an email from somebody. Yeah, for sure. You know, or from a picketer. 
Yeah. So anyway, um, so this goes back a bit to the last set of questions and judgment and discernment, all of that. So, so great, great, great stuff. My goodness, guys, thank you for trusting us with uh, some of these questions and Facebook live. We bless you and thanks for tuning in. Yep. Thanks a lot. Make sure to check us out at foxpodcast.com. Boom. See you guys later.